Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. WTIC, good afternoon. It is, uh, boy, it's Friday. So we've got order up today, uh, which only gives us a couple hours for talking before then. And uh, Michael Leibowitz has been out of prison now for, uh, is it pushing three weeks? Three weeks I think it's Monday. pushing three weeks. That's amazing. So uh, life goes on, but this is your first time being in studio with me. And I just realized it's, hey, like, Mike's never been in studio with me, so I should see if he can come in. And you happen to be right down the street, so it worked out great. So Michael Leibowitz, after 25 years in prison, it's unfathomable, your life. And the fact that that you're the brilliant person that you are in the articulate. I heard you yesterday with Brian, and you were talking— up a storm. What did he say to you to get you to talk about uh, theories of government, your political philosophy and and political philosophy in general? Well, he was just talking to me about the prison system. And the prison system, of course, is a excellent example of how government fails. And it's obviously one that I'm very familiar with having lived inside of it for 25 yeah, years. That's why I liked when, <laughs> when we first connected, I thought, wow, this is great. We get to see what what the government does when absolutely nobody's looking. So it could prove all of its claimed compassion or it could prove the opposite. And it comes through 100% on the opposite. There's not one sign that anyone in government cares on any level enough. And I know there's individuals who care and go to work with a caring heart and wish they could do a better job and wish government wasn't so cruel and hateful and they try to deliver. But they're in a system that forces them to be part of the cruel and hateful world. So uh, there, it seems there's no way for them to buck that if they're inside of it. Well, they do tend to get squashed. I, I always kind of take issue, though, with the idea that they have no choice and no opportunity to buck it because if you really believe in something, you have to have courage in, in order to fight for it. Otherwise, nothing ever gets done yes, in this world. Yes, but people in their careers uh, don't behave that way. So you're right. Because that's what you and, and Brent did. Yes. You know, you guys, uh, Brent McCall is the co-author of a book with, with Mike called Down the Rabbit Hole. And what's the subtitle? How the Culture of Corrections Encourages Crime. And what you're doing now, one of your missions being out of prison is to do what with the book? 
Well, I want to promote it. I mean, when we released the book five years ago, we were both in prison and we were entirely dependent on my friend Subby to promote it. Mm -hmm. And Subby has kids, he has a job and he has a life, you know, so he couldn't do everything that I'm capable of doing and he shouldn't and he shouldn't be motivated to do it like I'm motivated. But now I'm out. And I have a chance to spread the word and get it out to more people. So you're doing the the uh, book tour that you couldn't do five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And that's why I'm you doing. were on with Brian a couple mornings ago, yes. or yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it so, was fun. A lot of fun. So, can you describe the the sensation that you're going through? Because it must be really bizarre. Like like some strange event happened, some supernatural event occurred that caused you to uh, find freedom. You know, the funny thing is, the strange thing is, is that none of this seems strange. Everything seems perfectly normal to me. Like, I thought I was going to come out and just experience complete culture shock and mm-hmm. like be very uncomfortable and nervous around people, and I haven't been at all. And even being here, I'm not nervous. I wasn't nervous yesterday. I just feel very comfortable and very alive, and I'm really enjoying life right now. So you're you're running down the street you're meant to run down, in your mind. I believe and, so, and yes. You, and you've got the right shoes on and all that. <laughs> yes, I do have the right shoes on. And you're in shape. You're ready. <laughs> well, if I keep eating at bakeries and pizza shops, I won't be in shape for much longer. I know. <laughs> we had breakfast this morning, and I, it was very impressive the amount of food you put away. I, I assume that's based on prison scarcity, that you are always trying to get enough calories into you when you're in prison? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I've just got a pretty good appetite. I but were you have. hungry a lot, or could you no, eat as really. much as you needed I, I could to. eat as much as I wanted, but the food isn't very good. It's certainly yeah. much better out here. Like, we were just at the bakery, and I had a chance to try tiramisu, which I never ate before. Yeah, never so, heard of, probably. So I'm like, well, I've got to have that. <laughs> you know, there's I always have an excuse to eat something I shouldn't be eating. Well, I've never had that before, so I should try it. Yeah. It's yeah. good that you t- have that yeah. attitude because yeah. yeah. uh, your your exposure has been constricted. Yeah, uh-huh. you've got time to make up for. Yeah, a hundred pounds later, I might not be so happy that I've made up for the lost time, though. Yeah. Well, I suspect <laughs> you will uh, start exercising and cutting back before. I exercise pounds. every day. It's the food that is now the issue. Yes. Yeah. The actually, the exercise doesn't do the job. It's it's the intake that does the job. So we're talking to Michael Leibowitz. If you want to talk to him uh, or if you want to jump in on the conversation, you're welcome to. 860-522-9842. The rant line number, when are we going to do the rants? We'll have to do that next hour. And uh, that number is 860-751-4698. Last hour is order up. And at, at 335, we have a guest on that you booked, Mike. So tell us about that. He's from the Ayn Rand Institute, and he's an expert on the philosophy of objectivism, the philosophy that Ayn Rand created and then promoted her entire life. It's what the book Atlas Shrugged is actually based on, and it happens to be the philosophy I adhere to. And the, I'd say the biggest uh, motivating factor for how I live my life and for the change that I've had. So I'm very excited to be able to discuss Ayn Rand's theory of rights with the guest. Um, it's like a dream come true. I, I was just telling you guys earlier, you know, it's like a, a, a double dream come true being in studio with you and being able to talk to a guy from the Ayn Rand Institute. It's like, the, that's I, pretty I, cool. Huh? It's phenomenally cool. So yes. this is a, a peak moment. Today. Oh yeah. This might just be it. Like this might be the day I say, okay, if, if I die now, I'm good. You know, I've, I've lived my dream. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It really is. Do you recall what his name is? It's, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce it correctly, but it's spelled Ankar, O-N-K-A-R, G-H-A-T-E. That's cool. 
you, that you can even pronounce it wrong is impressive. <laughs> well, I remember how to spell it, which I suppose is good enough. Hey, Roland, I don't think you switched the phone system around. Oh, we need the phones, Roland. Right? It's still on the <laughs> the other way around because I'm not seeing the lines if you're putting people on hold. There's a little adjustment that, that uh, they have to make with the phones during the day. And it goes toggles back and forth between different modes. So it's in the wrong mode right now. But you can call in and, and we'll get it straight. I think actually he's going to hang up on everybody and redo it, but I'm not sure. Anyway, so this philosophy, to me, Ayn Rand's philosophy or anybody's libertarian philosophy, which is really what her philosophy is, right? It's small government and she and she's creating a premise upon which everybody can understand that small government is what's required to have a moral government. Yeah, but the difference is where most people start at the level of government or at economics and teach from there, she actually starts from the beginning. She has an entire philosophical system, government and how government should run is actually in a, like an end conclusion. Yeah, it's an appendage to that whole thing. Yeah, it, she starts off believing that reason is man's fundamental means of gaining knowledge mm-hmm. and, and that reality is real and we can gain knowledge of it. Then she extends that to ethics, that man is an end in himself and we have a right to act for our own best interests and it's actually ethical for us to do so. And then from there, she goes into government. And it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a phenomenal achievement. I've read a lot of philosophy in my life. I've never read anything that even approached really? what she's done. And yeah. where would you put the, your finger on the – which thing that she came up with is transformative in terms of the system? Well, because when I look at the, the, what the founders created, they clearly understood that government was a, a dangerous force of oppression in denying humans their basic rights. And their basic rights were a, a, a privilege because you were born. Yes. That you have the right to walk the earth and seek your own dreams. And that anybody who stands in the way, whether it be government or one of your fellow citizens, is uh, doing something grotesque. Well, the founders were absolutely brilliant. I agree. The The problem is, and I think she would have saw it the same way, is that they start midstream with the idea that rights are self-evident. And she argued, well, no, they're not self-evident, meaning self-evident means they're, it's readily obvious to anybody that's examining it. Well, if it was readily obvious to anyone examining the issue, then the idea of rights would have come about far sooner than it actually did. I mean, it really didn't gain headway to the 17th century, and it's not like it took over the world at that time. It just started to become really debated. Well, but, but the main reason it didn't take over the world is because uh, anybody who is near power wants to oppress people. Well, they, so they're not going to advocate for, for no, an no, idea. They, no, they're not, but the people might. Yeah. But with Rand, starting as she does at, at the basics with reason and with reality existing independently of human beings, then she gets to the conclusion that man has rights. Yeah. And if you start from the beginning and get there, you end up with a far more solid foundation than if you just start midstream and start arguing for All rights. All right. Let's, uh, Michael Leibowitz is here. If you want to talk to him, we'll take some calls in the next segment, 860-522-9842. We'll break now and then do those calls coming up on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, let's take some phone calls for Levo. You hear him talking all the time, and now you can talk to him. Evan in Berlin, hi. Wait a sec, Evan. Is Evan on the air in there? Is there some reason we can't hear him? We definitely need Evan. What is going on, Evan? Where are you? 
I don't get it. Let me Wait, try. I'm here. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm glad it was your fault. Go ahead. It was totally my fault. I'm, I'm so honored to talk with you, Todd. And it's, it's a pleasure to talk with you, too, Michael. Thank you. Um, but you're uh, not honored to talk with him, just me. Well, I don't know, man. You, 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 I just want to be clear on the pecking yeah, order. No, here. I, I, I listen to you often enough that I'm, I feel so honored to hear and, like I said, talk to you. So. Hold on one second. Um, I'm going to switch you onto another channel, see if we can get rid of the, uh, the, the, the spacey thing that's going on there. All right, let's try it again. Evan, can you talk? Nope, that's not working. Oh, wait a sec. I did it wrong. Hang on. Right side. Now let's try, Evan. Go ahead. All right, I can talk. Can you hear? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, just wanted to pick your brain for a minute. I don't think if I... I don't think there's a group of men courageous enough, brilliant enough, um, maybe selfless enough that I could pull together in this current climate that could write something as valuable as the Constitution that I know of, and that has no diff on humanity. I'm just... I really think it's a pretty incredible piece of thing like that. Yeah. Um... Saying that also, we do have the advantage of history and going to look backwards and see where we've come from since it was written. And I just wonder if there's things that either one of you would um, maybe suggest is basically how could we improve on it? Improve on the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, we're 250 years in almost, and it's, uh, it's, I I don't know, I don't like where we're at. I feel like... We're not going to last that long, honestly. We're not going to be an entire dynasty, you know? Like, the experiment has been great, but... No, it's a great question, know. Evan. Do you and want to stay on the Do you want to yeah. stay on the line while Mike answers, or do you want to hang up? What do you want to do? Uh, no, I think you guys should go for it. i, I got to grab my kids from school. Too, so. All right, grab the kids <laughs> and keep listening. Thank you, Evan, for the call. Appreciate it. So Evan actually said a couple of things there. The one is that there's not today courageous men who are brilliant enough to do what the founders did. But if we look back at history at the time of the Constitution, there wasn't all that many men then that were brilliant and had the courage. And nobody that was surrounding the founders at that time knew they were going to be successful. But they did have the historical thread that they were tapping into of the Enlightenment period and and those ideas. They certainly had that, yes. But it wasn't like... You know, it was obvious that they were going to succeed, and they very well might not have succeeded. So, with that, you have to bizarre that they succeed. Yeah. So there could be today those types of people and that type of a movement if enough people get motivated to do so. And it starts. I mean, back then you had the Sons of Liberty, and you know they they had little meetings in their houses and whatnot. But today we have talk radio. We have Todd Feinberg going out over the airs, which is a similar dynamic, and you never know how that's going to end up manifesting itself. In the moment, it may seem like it's not making a lot of headway, and then it turns out that it does. All right, but the more interesting of Evan's questions is, and let's do it quickly so we can get another call in, what what would you do uh, differently in, in if you could go back, reach back in time and revise what they wrote? Okay, well, first of all, what I would do is remove all the references to rights being derived from God. I would get rid of that because I think it's an unnecessary part of the equation, and I think it causes a lot of unnecessary arguments over people who would otherwise agree over freedom. The second thing I would do is get rid of the Commerce Clause in the Constitution. I think that there needs to be a complete separation of the state and economics. They have no business intervening in the economy. Mm -hmm. And at the time, there were many, many people, especially the anti-federalists, who warned 
that this was going to be the door into big government. And Hamilton said, no, 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 it won't. But, of course, yes, it is. Hamilton wanted big government. Hamilton so. wanted big government, yeah. and this was the door that ultimately was kicked open and led to the gargantuan right. state we Let's have Let's grab Jim in Wellington. Hi, Jim. Oh, all right. A couple of questions, a couple of small questions. Um, I caught the first interview earlier in the week, and I, I want to make sure I heard it right. Oh, and, and, by the way, hello to your guests as well. Hello, Jim. Uh, uh, concerning concerning uh, just basic rights for people that are, are incarcerated, did I did I miss your point or did I maybe hear it incorrectly? Uh, do you feel that there's a, a set of rights that aren't being um, afforded uh, in your case, you know, based on your experience where you were, the inmates that you served with? No, that's never been my point at all, Jim. My point is that the way that the correctional system is run does a disservice to the people who pay the bills for it. Because it doesn't punish, rehabilitate, or deter crime. All it does is incapacitate. So if you okay. have people doing time, say 10, 15 years in prison, and all you're doing is warehousing them. They but, should be coming yeah. out into the world prepared to be useful citizens. And whether they are prepared or not should be clearly established by their own behavior before you get to that moment when they're due to be freed. Yes. Okay, excellent. So I stand corrected there. So I'm glad you clarified that. And then the second thing is, based on your experience with your book, do you find any discrepancy concerning uh, uh, inmates trying to get out and uh, be trained while they're inside to get out to do something productive? Did you find any discrepancy on the level of security? Uh, you were, I think, in a, a max security system, but there's other systems out there. Did you find any discrepancy at all based on where people might have been sent to serve a sentence? Uh, not, oh, I, I misunderstood it first. No, whatever security institution you're in, it's that I've been in. I've never been to a level two facility, so I, What's I can't. That? It, it's the lowest level of a correctional. Okay, so you're facility. saying in the uh, three and up, in the four where I've been, the, the culture that exists within corrections is fundamentally the same. There's no different, and there's not only no difference between institutions, but there's no difference from the time I entered the prison system 25 years ago and the time I left three weeks ago. And could I add a personal note? Short, short. Sure. I had a personal experience with an employer where we had uh, inmates, uh, if that's the proper uh, you know, uh, term, we had inmates that would come to work for us, they'd work our shift, and then they'd go back to, whatever, you know, to wherever it is they were being housed. And they did this. This was a program. I'm not sure who ran the program, to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I believe these inmates were close to getting out. Okay, just words, make the point about them that you wanted to make. Well, um, the point is that I, I, I did have experience where somebody was able to go into a job, even though they were still serving a sentence. So you're saying there are some good things that are being helpful. Is that pervasive? How much of that happens? Is that because they were in a halfway house? Does anybody do that from a facility like the ones you were in? They do it from a level two facility. I believe Willard Cybulski has that program where you can do, they call it work release programs. And and that would be for people who weren't considered dangerous. So they're at the very either at the very end of their sentence of a long sentence, or they had a short sentence to begin with. Jim, thanks for making the point. Good right, to talk you. with you. We appreciate it. Michael Leibowitz is here, and we will chat more with Leibowitz. But we've got a guest that he planned for us from the Ayn Rand Institute coming up, and and that's the institute that argues for small government and has for a long time. One of the many, but uh, Mike is an adherent to her. Um, thinking, Ayn Rand's thinking, and I read her books and found them inspirational 40 years ago, you know, when I was uh, going through college and stuff like that. I always loved her 
the clarity of her thinking, and she wrote it in novels as well as in in nonfiction. So we will continue with that. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I'm sorry, I went late. I always forget about our timing here. But Roland doesn't care because he's a mellow character. Thank you for that, Roland, Good for going with the flow. So Leibowitz is here for a while, and we will talk more after we get a newscast. 860 Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. WTIC. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. One of the nice things about having Leibowitz a free man means that that I have somebody to talk about freedom with. And uh, after 25 years in prison, few people understand liberty better than Michael Leibowitz. And, And Lebo's been booking guests a little bit on the show over the past couple of weeks as a way to um, to put his passion to work and also to get him um, his voice out into the culture because obviously Connecticut desperately needs a turnaround in, in terms of political philosophy. So joining us now, I'm going to try to say his name, Ankur Gatte, I believe is is the name. It, it, did I say that even vaguely correctly? Yes, that's right. I said it correctly. Let's go party. All right, so... Uh, Michael, why don't you uh, stop looking at your watch and pay attention to what's going on in real time here that's important. And and why don't you handle the introduction of Ankur? So Ankur is from the Ayn Rand Institute. He's the chief philosophical officer, and they call him on the website the foremost expert in objectivism, which is Ayn Rand's philosophy. Okay, what do you want to talk to him about? Why do you bring him on? I want to talk to him about Ayn Rand's philosophy of individual rights. Okay, are you prepared to talk about that, Anarchar? Do you accept this assignment? 
Yes, I definitely do. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Fill us in. Yeah, I think of Ayn Rand as the greatest champion of the American Revolution, and particularly of its foundational idea, which is the idea of individual rights, or at the time it would have been put as man's rights. It's what the Declaration of Independence is focused on, that we have these inalienable rights and that governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. And that's, it was such a radically new idea that government is not your ruler. It's not a king, an aristocracy. It's not an elect who has subjects that they control and that the subjects exist for the sake of the government. It was exactly the reverse, that the subject, now a citizen, not subject to somebody else's power, but a citizen elects representatives who the representative is the subordinate. It's like you hire a lawyer. You're electing a representative who's supposed to be part of government, a government whose only purpose is to secure and protect your rights, which is the foundation of your freedom. And that idea is what, as part of Ayn Rand's political philosophy, she champions that idea and gives it, I think, a defense that it's never had before. So, Ankar, a couple minutes ago I was talking with Todd about what I believe to be the deficiencies in the founders' conception of rights. And what I told him was that uh -huh. the founders start with rights in midstream and assume that they're self-evident, whereas ran rights are a conclusion derived from a long train of premises and logical conclusions. One, do you think that I'm correct in my assessment? And two, if so, could you expound on that a little bit for us? Yes, I think that's essentially right. I think it's a little too strong to say that the founding fathers actually thought these rights are self-evident, that anybody who looks can see them. But what is true is I think they never gave a full account of these rights and their origin of where they come from, and particularly of what is most radical in the Declaration of Independence is this idea that you have a right to the pursuit of your own happiness. That idea means that you should, and this is like in a moral sense, what you should be doing is pursuing your own happiness. And you have to work to achieve it, but you have in America the freedom to work to achieve your own happiness. I think in the 19th century, why it attracted millions of immigrants is precisely this idea. But it goes against conventional morality. We're told over and over again that you shouldn't be so concerned with yourself. You should think about the public interest, the common good. You should subordinate yourself to other people, what their needs are, what their interests are, what their welfare is. And if you really understand the American political revolution, what it, at its base is saying, no, you should be living for the pursuit of your own happiness. That doesn't mean making victims of other people or exploiting them, but you should set your own happiness as your highest goal. And that, in morality, is the idea that Ayn Rand defends. I mean, she has a whole book called The Virtue of Selfishness, and it's about how to think properly about your own interests and what the pursuit of happiness really looks like. And you need that kind of defense, because the more one thinks... Yeah, but there's something morally wrong with the pursuit of the individual's own happiness. Then there's something wrong with the American political revolution, if, if 
you accept that moral idea that morality is not about the pursuit of your own happiness. So that's what she does at a kind of level of philosophy that I think had not been done at the time of the American political revolution. Thanks, Ankar. So as to, I don't know if you heard Todd say it, but I spent 25 years in prison and I just got out a couple of weeks ago. So I know both about violating people's rights and having my own rights taken away. Now, in The Virtue of Selfishness, Ms. Rand writes that while criminals do violate rights, she's concerned with crimes of a much broader character and basically that the government is the biggest danger to our rights. So I would just like you, if you could tell us, what are some ways in which the government today are violating people's rights and people maybe just accept it as par for the course because they've been taught that? Yes, and part of the way they've been taught it is to corrupt the idea of individual rights. So, and this is something Ayn Rand points out explicitly, notice how precise the formulation is in the Declaration of Independence. You have a right to the pursuit of your own happiness. You have a right to liberty, which means the freedom to speak, the freedom to think, the freedom to associate with who you want, and so on. These are freedoms of action. They're not guarantees. So the pursuit of happiness is not a guarantee that you'll reach happiness. What it is a guarantee of, if the government's acting properly, is that you'll have the freedom of action to take those things, to take the actions you think will lead to your own happiness, what kind of job you want, what kind of education you want, what kind of friends you want, what kind of spouse and lover. You have all this control over your life, but you have to build your life and your own happiness. And it's not a government guarantee that you'll reach these. Similarly, like freedom to think is not a guarantee that what you'll arrive at will be true, that you'll arrive at new knowledge. You have to work and put in the time and the effort. But then the idea of rights got co-opted to precisely mean guarantees. So there's something very different if you say you have a right to a job or you have a right to health care, because then the question becomes, who's going to provide that for you? Um, Because there's something different to say you have a right to pursue your own health care and to earn money and to save for your health care and so on to buy insurance, but to say you have a right to health care means it's a guarantee that someone else has to provide. And so then the government steps in and says, well, we're going to have to take over vast spheres of the health system in order to provide everybody with health care, or we have to take over vast areas of the educational system in order to provide people with an education. And that's true of retirement income, like Social Security, and on and on. So, so this is the idea of century. this is the idea of positive and negative rights that the it was negative rights the founders were offering, and that is to be protected from having your rights as a human being to be deprived. That was the role of government, not to give you things by taking them from other people. Yes, though I would not put it in terms of positive and negative because I think the Declaration of Independence is a promise of a positive. But what it's a promise of is you'll have the freedom of action. But you'll actually have that freedom of action. And if anybody interferes with it, um, they will be stopped by the government. So it's a positive, but it's a positive to action, not to an outcome that someone someone else has to provide for you that. 
So I want to ask you something that's kind of been in the news over the last year or so. Ms. Rand also differentiates when it comes to, say, freedom of speech. She said the freedom of speech means you can say what you want, but it doesn't mean that somebody has to give you a microphone. So in the case of, say, Twitter or, or Facebook, we often hear that they're censoring content or they're censoring people on their shows. But in my view, and I think in Ms. Rand's view, that as private companies, they can't censor anything and they have every right to have whomever on their platforms that they choose to. So what do you think about that? Oh, excuse me one second. We actually have to go to a break. Okay. And and I, excuse me, Anker, but I'm trying to uh, familiarize Michael with uh, doing radio a little bit. So we have to reset the guest, this is called. Okay. That is, say who he is, where he's from, and why he's here. Okay. He's Ankar Gahate, is that correct? Yes, Gahate. Okay, he's from the Ayn Rand Institute. He's their chief philosophical officer. That sounds like a really tough gig, by the way. <laughs> it does, yes. <laughs> and he, he's listed as their foremost expert on objectivism, which was Ayn Rand's philosophy. He's here to talk with us today about... Ayn Rand's philosophy of individual rights. All right, and that's Mike Leibowitz, who's here out of prison, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do with his time. So we figured we'd, we'd have him come in and talk. And we will continue coming up on WTIC. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. This is fun. We're talking with Ankar Gadi, and he is the Chief Philosophy Officer at the Ayn Rand Institute. What a rocking job. That's got to pay at least 500 k a year. That's wonderful. And uh, it's great to have you here. Thank you, sir. Sure. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, we're with you. All right, Mike. Okay. So, Ankar, I was just asking you about the possibility of private tech companies violating the freedom of speech of citizens. And I said, I don't believe that it's possible for private companies to do such a thing and they have the right to control their own content. So I'm curious to think, what do you think about that? And what do you think Ms. Rand would have thought about it? Yes, I think insofar as they're private. So if they really are private and don't have government um, officials breathing down their neck, then it's they decide the content that they want on their platforms, the way they're going to moderate content, who they're going to have on, who they're going to exclude, their terms of services. And you can complain about the, the, either the terms of services or they're not consistently applied by the company. So, and those are legitimate complaints against a private business. But if your complaints are so high that you don't want to deal with them anymore, don't deal with them. Don't have a Twitter account. Don't go on Facebook. That's your solution for if you don't like how a private company is acting, um, but they're acting within their rights, then your solution is to don't do business with them. So we're we're really looking on the wrong side. We shouldn't be blaming the companies. We should be blaming the government for getting involved in the free flow of information and them following their own business models. Yes, and and I think of it, it's sort of, it's the attempt of censorship through proxy. So the government knows, like, and because we have a First Amendment, I mean, they really know that legally we can't prohibit certain things. But if we pressure the companies to take these things down or don't promote this thing because we don't like the content of this kind of story and so on, and, and there's teeth to the threats governments are making. And this goes back to the issue of rights. 
that the reason government has so much power now is because we as Americans, I think, no longer understand the Declaration of Independence and what individual rights mean. Mm. And so the threats are credible that we might increase your taxes or, you know, we might change the law that will make your business much more difficult to operate before with the FCC and the, and the other um, kind of mainstream networks. It was you might lose your license. And, so, and that's all um, sense of the, or at least the attempt to censor things by proxy, to make it look like, oh, these companies are still private, but they're taking orders from the government. And once that starts happening, you have to worry a lot. But it's not the company's fault. It's much more the companies are victims yes. than that they're perpetrators. Thank you very much, Ankar. We're down to about 40 seconds, so I have a yes or no question before we can let you go. Do you think okay. that we have a chance of establishing a free society along the lines that Ayn Rand suggested? Yes, and I wouldn't be working at the Ayn Rand Institute if I thought that was not possible. I don't think it's easy, but I do think it's possible. All right, well, we'll have you back on, and we'll find out how we get from here to there. Sounds good. Thank you, sir, Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Appreciate it. Ankar Gadi, Chief Philosophy Officer for the Ayn Rand Institute. Ayn Rand, and look her up, A-Y-N Rand, Ayn Rand, and check out her books. If you want to read something good, start with the Fountainhead so you can work your way in. Do you agree with that? Start Fountainhead and work your way into Atlas Shrugged? That's fine, yeah. It's yeah, great. That's the way to go, I think. All right, we've got another hour to go before we get to our order up hour. So stay with us on WTIC as we move over to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Check in with Mark Christopher. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.